Hey. Hi. Here's your reminder that you are worthy and capable exactly as you are in this moment. Really? There's nothing wrong with the core of you and who you are. I think you're right. If you want to be a hot girl, then you are a hot girl. I am? If you want to do Pilates, you can do Pilates. Yes, I can. And never let anyone tell you any differently. I won't. Let's start the show. Let's go. Welcome back to Hot Girl Pilates. Today's guest is an absolute honor, and I am shocked that this is actually her first podcast interview ever, and it's the first time I'm actually nervous to do an interview, but excited nerves. I'm bringing you today Niedra Gabriel, and she's been a longtime mentor of mine. She was my Pilates instructor, and I want to just begin with you telling a little bit about yourself and what your focus is right now. Well, thank you, Ruth. Thank you for inviting me on the podcast. And uh, if I was to tell you a little bit about myself and my focus, I know this is a Pilates uh, platform. So I've been teaching for easily 40 years. And over the years, I probably focused more and more on problem solving. Like when... When the system is not working, why is it not working? What's going on with this body? Why is it not responding the way it's supposed to? And uh, that became very much my niche. Beyond the workout, how do we take this specific person's needs, desires, and aspirations, especially when they're hitting a wall, and move them to the next level. And it's like a code. No two people are the same. No two people have the same set of circumstances. So it's, it's to me, probably where I, I thrive because it's so interesting for me when the problems turn up that can't be easily resolved. Fantastic. And just to give folks an idea, I mean, you've said that you've been teaching for 40 years. Can you give us an estimate Mm -hmm. of how many bodies you have impacted, how many humans over your 40 years of teaching? That is an awesome question. Thousands and thousands. Never gave it a thought. (laughs) um, Gosh, I actually started in London in the 70s with Alan Herdman and uh, taught at his studio before people really knew about Pilates. Uh, Just to give you a perspective, I ended up on a cruise ship working with people. I ran the Pilates studio. Um, I worked in Bador Dance Studio in Israel, teaching Pilates there. Later out, when I came out to the United States, I worked for a while at Ron Fletcher's studio. And then I was very fortunate in 1994 to get certified and trained by Romana Krasanowska. I was the first generation West Coast and have worked, um, you know, ran my own studio, worked in other studios, went out to the Caribbean, taught group beginner mat classes every day for groups of 40 people at a time. Oh, my gosh. A lot of bodies have gone through this set of eyes, and I've been invited and been a guest, um, you know, help deliver teacher trainings, like the teacher training you went through, 
So, I, yeah, I, I never occurred to me to count <laughs> how many people I um, But I, I would say a few. And you're also an instructor on Pilates anytime. And so you, you could be impacting thousands and thousands more that you've never even seen. Um, and I know for a fact you have, because just to give you a perspective too on um, just your living legacy right now, when I joined our teacher training program, there were folks from France, Texas, people traveled the world to train with Niedra. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> and it was just such an honor. And I came to that training having no understanding of, I had very limited experience with Pilates in general, um, but I just so happened to fall into the lap of just two incredible teachers and um, get so lucky to have a second generation or first generation master instructor helping me with the beginner no, work. Second, second, okay, second, second generation. generation. Thank you. So that makes me <laughs> third generation, right? I just mm -hmm. want to clear. Thank you. Thank you. See, you still teach me. <laughs> Always learning from you. Um, so I just wanted to talk a little bit about your philosophy around problem solving and the the unique blueprint that each one of us has because when I came to Pilates I had this um, idea that my pelvis was wrong because I had a, an ex, a more dramatic lordotic curve than other women especially in the dance world and you just made it so simple for me you go this is the way your pelvis is <laughs> you're like you know, this is the way your bones are. We're going to work. We can work around this, um, but there's nothing wrong with it. And, you know, this is something we can work with. And it was such a fresh perspective. So I wonder if you can speak to that a little bit more as well. Um, yes, I can with great delight. Uh, I have to, okay. I have my two cats fighting with each other in the background. Um, <laughs> the, the, the thing about teacher trainings and trainings and learning a system is that within the education that you're given you're you're taught a whole lot of rules about what's supposed to happen with the human body and uh, some is more correct and some is less correct but what happens is that um most younger teachers they come in and they go some this body is wrong and I'm going to fix it by making it different. I, instead of the fact that we all have bodies that look a little bit different, we move differently, but I would say let's go back to the ultimate goal. What? Why are we doing all of this training? What are we really aspiring to do? We want to be comfortable in our bodies. We want to be very capable in our bodies. I mean, yes, I know people want to look nice in the bikini, but that's a sub product of health, really. So can you get up and down from the ground? Can you lift your kids if you're a mom? Can you carry heavy things without throwing your back out? Can you have energy? Um, do you have a sense of when you're sitting down that you're not collapsing in your structure? These are such basic 
needs of healthy body movement and they get overlooked with the emphasis on um, technique per se, let's say sitting up and down in Pilates, very often you're told to hold your hands a certain way and then sit down and pull your powerhouse up and whether it's sitting on the floor, but actually what's the goal of the exercise? Yes. And this is what people don't think about. The goal of the exercise is to be able to get up and down from the ground <laughs> without your hands. And we've gotten so complicated about it that we're now messing with our brain with all sorts of subtle innuendos. Your fingers have to be like that. The elbows have to be <laughs> like that. Your back is supposed to look like this. And some people have more of an anterior tilt and some people have less of an anterior tilt to the point that the purpose is forgotten. So, oh my goodness, so true. Yeah, so it's and I really, really like... Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that some new instructors are going to hear this because there's nothing more of a turnoff than having someone micromanage every single part of your body when you're just trying to feel good. Yeah. And and sadly, or in from an inexperienced point of view, a teacher is assuming that uh, her job is to show all the things that are wrong with this person right now so all of them can be dealt with and it creates a huge amount of mental stress which uh, is probably more detrimental than the sheer joy of moving and if <laughs> there you, you go. enjoy moving feel good gain some confidence in their body and then very slowly and gently layer on more abilities you build a psychologically healthy and robust human being, which is more important than a good hundred. Oh, I couldn't agree more, Niedra. I really couldn't. And you also touched on something I would love to dig in deeper to, um, which is the basics and how wonderful it is to have all these tricks and these things that help us get noticed on social media or to impress someone. But can you speak to the power of the basics? very very much of the, they're everything i mean the fun, foundation is you know can you get up and down from the ground can you lift things can you bend forward can you bend backwards can you um i'm just trying to think can you articulate your spine yes and can you do it without pain and discomfort so the danger of i would say social media and a lot of what's happening now, everybody, and you are included, Ruth, in a beautiful way. All these young, lovely teachers are beautiful examples. They've gone through, they're probably from a dance background or some kind of professional athletic background. Then they've gone into Pilates. They do it every day. They look amazing. And they do all of these posts with pictures of themselves looking highly desirable and beautiful. And it's mm -hmm. wonderful. And then you have somebody normal, Joe Schmo or mom who has not worked out, who thinks now she needs to look like that. Mm. And she's not good enough if she doesn't look like that when the function of a teaser is basically, can you hold your legs up in the air using your abdominals and not your back muscles? Mm -hmm. And so you get this false goal that can be um, create certain illusions. So right. the basics 
where really good teaching come into play for the person. Each person's basics are of a different nature. So especially a slightly older generation, generation who's got um, moms who've given birth to a few babies, uh, people who are hitting menopause, things don't work quite the same in the body. And the basics are still as applicable and as important and even more important there. It just doesn't look slick. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Great point. Everybody needs to get up and down from the ground without hands. Yes. And what I'm hearing is there is this trend of, or this trendy word of functional movement. And it's interesting because you've been on the functional movement you know, train for so long, and I never hear you use that term. And I wonder, is there another term you prefer? Or is there a reason um, you don't necessarily align with the the terminology functional movement? Um, uh, No, I don't have a, a motivation behind it. But it does bring up a question that I have at the back of my mind about both yoga and Pilates, which are very much modalities that I have specialized in in this lifetime as a teacher and as a practitioner. But if we were to look at functional movement, most of it is not balanced and it's not um, by two arms. It's like walking is a right-left spiraling of the body. Running Mm -hmm. is a right-left spiraling of the body. Um, Most people, when they bend over, let's say a mom picking up her kid, She's not going to do it in an even, symmetrical way. She's going to have most moms will carry their hip, their kid on one hip while they have a heavy bag in the other side. So they're these cross spirals of the body that are probably the foundation of functional movement. And we don't really train for them as much as we should. This yes. is to me a flaw in the training. Yes. Um, and I don't, um, I think about this a lot. And then I, in my own classes with people, I attempt to bring in some things along those lines. So very often people have the right side of the brain and the left side of the body. You know, you, we're supposed to be cross-linking left, right, left, right, left, right, right, left, left, right, 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 left. We don't have those languages built into the Pilates world. Think of it. Yeah, you're so right. It's It's very... It, it there's some rotation, but there's so much sagittal movement. I just wanted to say about yeah. functional. It's like the the reason I kind of like to stray away from this term is we all want to accomplish different goals. Like the functional movement for me looks different than someone else. Of course, there's a basic human, and and I really love your. Um, definition of functional movement. But sometimes this term can be thrown around when I think it's not quite um, accurate. So I'm really glad that you clarified. Um, And one note on spiraling. I once had a ballet teacher who said something to me that just like really stays in my mind about spirals and how everything is a spiral. The femur bone spirals, our our genetic code is in a spiral. The the earth is in a spiral around the sun with the moon spiraling around that and our universe spiraling. And wow, I just love that, that you brought that up. Yeah, I, and I've heard one spiritual teacher say that the design, every, nobody's going to have a perfect body. 
and it's because of the time they're born, the way the mother carried them in their in the womb, and then when they're born, there's certain energetics, po positive and negative energetics, that create more strengths and more weaknesses. And mm -hmm. that's the original pattern. Each of us has our own unique pattern of a, of a, of a spiral. Um, nobody's got an exactly balanced right and left side, or you know. So I, I just right, and we carry our heart on one side and our liver on one side, and there's nothing balanced, you know, even exactly. internally. Exactly, exactly, even more so. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow, I love yeah. this. Thank you. Yeah. And I do want to speak a bit because you you brought up about you know the this youthful and and um, athletic uh, th the what you see on social media with Pilates mm -hmm. right now. And can we talk a little bit about aging? What your philosophies around aging are? Um, yeah. Well, it will boil down over and over again to um, the basics and what the person wants. So if, if there's anything I wanted to just tag on, and then I'll get into your question about functional movement, yeah. it really boils down to, and this is a question I will always ask my clients, what do you want to achieve? Like, why, why do you want to come and do Pilates? Why do you want to get trained? Why do you want to get fit? If a person wants to go skiing or they want to ballroom dance or they want to run a marathon, those are very, very different goals. And so the training should support moving in the direction of what the person's vision is rather than be an end destination in its own right. Yes. So as far as functional movement goes, Ask the person what does that mean to them and what right. do they want, and it opens the door to programming in, in, in so that you're both on the same team. Yes, percent. Totally. So regarding aging, I mean bodies do change. My body changed. It kind of shocked me. I didn't think I would. I, I thought <laughs> I was invincible, and um, 68 now, but I'm far from invincible. I can no longer do many things that I used to be able to do. I have arthritis in my left hip, so my whole movement potential has shifted gears in a lot of ways to um, very extensively take care of the injuries that my body's manifested. Now, I've had a very, very athletic life, so I've accumulated um, injuries over my time. I've had big falls in, 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 in ballet. I did circus perform, uh, trapeze performances. So there was a certain amount of abuse and stress on ligaments and tendons and forcing certain shapes or just always doing splits on the right side. So I've had my share of a thriving physical life that as I've gotten older, now talks to me and tells me that um, some things hurt and some things don't work the way I, 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 they used to. And I can't just push through it with high enthusiasm, which used to be my old pattern. <laughs> so it comes back to basics over and over yeah. again, attempting yeah. to be as... Um, coordinated as I can be, balancing out right and left side. My left leg is much weaker than my right, so I give it more tension. I make, I'm much more careful about the alignment in the hip socket. Mm -hmm. um, I don't expect to be perfect because it doesn't work, <laughs> but right. I work it. 
And uh, so certain things I've learned to have a certain humility. I can, my back became more stiff and more more of an anterior tilt. So the whole concept of a totally flat back or tucked pelvis and doing hundreds that look a certain way, I literally cannot do it like that. So I, have, I find other ways to make it work and make it feel good in my physiology. And it has opened, for me, it's matured me as a teacher. Absolutely. I'm much more aware of the fact that I listen really deeply when people tell me certain things that are going on and I attempt to meet them exactly where they are and get them to move, get them oh. to feel happy about what they are capable of doing and who knows what the body will be capable of. And yes. can I compete with certain beautiful models on Instagram? Not yes. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. Yes, you absolutely can. And you would give them a run for their money. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, speaking of injury and osteoarthritis, and I, I'm just so thankful for your openness because I think it's common for fitness professionals to hide their pain and their injury because they think that it might make someone uh, think less of them as a teacher and it couldn't be farther from the truth because like you said what a gift it has given you in an empathy and an understanding of your clients and i when i have sent out a newsletter i because I, I actually was due to have a hip replacement last year but i canceled it i'm Ooh. not ready for that yeah good but when I really came out of the closet about all the things going on in my body, the amount of feedback from young people as well as older people is fascinating to me, wanting to know what I'm doing, what am I finding out. I found out so many people have hip pain, they oh, yeah. don't know what to do about they're kind of lost and they're just kind of barreling on and i mean i've learned a lot about fascia release work and ways to decompress the joint and open up the tissue that has brought a lot of relief for me and a lot of yes. new understanding about how to work technique so it's been very illuminating including people that feeling that they have permission now not to be perfect <laughs> yes to yes. actually really about who they are and what's going on with them uh, which is probably what we all want we just want to be real we oh. being on a pedestal is a very high level of responsibility <laughs> yeah and it's it, you know hip hip pain and even arthritis it has a reputation of being an overuse a condition that happens over time, but this can happen to to young people. This has happened to dancers I know um, in their twenties. I even know someone mm. who had arthritis in their knees in their late teens. I mean, and and I think that we we're not totally sure what what causes um, a lot of these conditions, a lot of this pain, a lot of studies being done, but it's still so mysterious. Um, and I think it's so cool that you've had to problem solve it yourself and now you have these techniques to offer and to say hey I'm not perfect but this is how I feel good this is how I, I am able to stay moving and stay vibrant and that is just so cool yeah and, and to be honest Ruth <clears throat> I feel that a lot of the degeneration in the human body now 
because I yeah. definitely, I, I don't think in the 1960s people were walking around getting hip replacements or hobbling around with right. joints breaking like we do now. This is a very, very modern condition. I think a lot has to do with, uh, with um, now I'll really show my kind of orientation, Wi-Fi. We are being on, in a world of radiation 24-7, very high level frequencies. The quality of the food, we have abundant oh, food, wow. but the quality of the food and the soil that things are grown on is very depleted. The quality of the water, the water is, yes, it's chemically treated to be drinkable, but it has no energy in it. We're actually incredibly disconnected from nature and we are sitting a huge amount of time um, way, way more, we move less. So even if we go and we do exercise, our whole life is uh, much less. We have to have prescriptions to move. Go out and take a walk. <laughs> when I was little, I used to have to walk a mile to get to the store and buy the supplies for my, that my mom wanted me to, do, to get. <laughs> you know, built in, and now it's not built in. We live such a comfortable life that we're breaking down physically. Thank you for bringing this up because, um, you know, I, I do think while there's definitely things that impact like overuse injuries or things that, you know, when you, like you said, you had a high level physically demanding career in both dance, you know, and acrobatics and circus work, um, which can certainly lead to injury. But don't you think the greater risk is not moving? Because sometimes I get scared yes. that people are scared to move. And it's like, this is what this you need to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now young kids, what happens? The parents plonk them either in front of the TV or they give them a cell phone or they give them an iPad. It's yeah. like a technology world. So the kids are geniuses with technology. Yeah. Once upon a time, kids were out there playing, climbing, rolling around in the dirt and yes. spending all day outdoors. It is really a different world we live in. Absolutely. And, and it's only moving more and more toward a um, metaverse type of situation. But I... As long as I'm alive, I'm going to be helping and helping people to move. So, uh, and I'm really glad you brought that up. That's huge. I didn't even have anything like that on my list. And I'm just really glad you mentioned it. And can we dive a little bit into your dance background? Because I only recently discovered that you and I have had a kindred experience with dance. And um, I, it's just when life aligns like this, it's so amazing to me, but um, you've shared a little bit about it. So I wonder if you can go into it because many of the people listening here have had a dance background and have had a, a difficult relationship with the dance industry. Um, so I wonder if you can speak to your experience with it. I, it was my first love. My absolute dream life was to be a ballet dancer. I ironically was born in Israel and according to my mother, she knew I wanted to dance, but then I, uh, at five years old, I waltzed off, find some local ballet teacher, walked into class, and the teacher <laughs> had to call and find out who my mother was to get paid. So I kind of <laughs> stepped into that world of wanting to be a dancer from very young. Uh, Israel didn't have a lot of resources, but we had, uh, later we moved to Tel Aviv, and there was a more strict school that I attended. And then we went to England and my parents were gracious and supportive of my uh, deep desire to be a ballet dancer. 
and they helped me audition to various schools and I and uh, figured out a way to finance my uh, going to school in England and they went back to Israel so I left home very young about 14 15 and um, I was very dedicated I went first of all to the school for a year then I went on to Covent Garden to just take classes with different teachers uh, the, oh, there was only one problem, and the problem was I wasn't very talented. <laughs> I had really, really, really bad feet. My feet were very stiff and very tight. I remember going up on Demi Point, and my toes would literally go off the floor and would claw. Oh. And I had a teacher who used to say to me, you have dead fish for feet, <laughs> or you're wearing army boots. Um, or they call so it the biscuit of- now. They call this the biscuit. <laughs> Okay, that's the modern <laughs> term. Um, so I had, I had, I struggled with my body. I was very, and I was also very introverted and very critical. And it's easy in the dance world, you know, it's same thing. All you've done is being given criticism about what you need to do better or what's wrong with you. And so I was very, very critical of my body, very abusive. Um, okay. I used to. And pre- probably my arthritis now is because I didn't have really good turnout. So I'd lie on the floor with my feet in frogs and have a girlfriend stand on my knees for five oh. minutes. No matter five how minutes. Pain- Five minutes. I could be nauseous. It would hurt so much. Oh I mean, like literally God. insane. I did insane things to my body. There was so, so much self-hate. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's the journey. It was yeah. a high passionate desire, a completely wrong orientation and how to win at something like this. Eventually ended up in, um, uh, I had a lot of adventures along the way. Let's put it this way. I went to ballet school in Romania. I almost got to Russia, but uh, I ended up dancing in a modern company in Israel. Uh, but I was always in pain. And I was always unsure about my body. And I eventually, about age of age 23, 24, I gave up. And that was when I had to figure out how to be a real human being. Because I had no social skills, no ability to talk to people. I just knew how to live in this very intense, miserable, psychotic world of um, absolute desperation. (laughs) So my (laughs) All of that became my inspiration to never, ever, ever, ever have anybody have this kind of experience with their bodies. Yes, <laughs> Let them have yes. Let them have, you know, confidence. Let them appreciate. Like, oh I want gosh. working out and moving to be fun and really a process of self-growth. So in a sense, all of that was the fertile soil that I cultivated, the kind of teacher I want to be as a result. How amazing. And I'm over here just like wishing I could emphasize um, certain parts of what you said because it's. I know so many people have gone through this, whether it was with dance or some other field. And... Mm. It wasn't until I finally broke up with dance that I was able to excel and find my success and find what made me feel successful and to stop hating myself and to stop feeling broken. And so I just relate to what you said so much. Oh, my goodness. Yes. 
so important. Can you imagine, Ruth, this is just one of those things I muse about because a lot of times the arts are such a dysfunctional psychological area and yet creativity yes. and art is the essence of your human spirit. Can you yes. imagine what it would be like if the arts were healthy mm -hmm. and people were healthy psychologically? The, the, the renaissance that could come out of that is unbelievable. Wow. And, you know, I, I do have hope that that I just got chills, by the way. And I have hope that that is being the there is work being done toward this. And I think mm -hmm. I think many of us are just saying enough is enough. We we need to break this cycle of, um, you know, traumatizing the next generation just because we were traumatized, you know, <laughs> which is hard to do. Exactly. That's exactly. It's like. The garbage stops with us right yes. now, right here. It's not being passed on. I'm <sighs> with you all the way. Yes, I'm so and what you said yeah. about you never want to make someone feel that way. That is exactly how I feel. I, I cannot say enough, like how much that resonated with me. Like, wow. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Incredible. It's just, it's cool to imagine a world where um, the arts will be a more something that will allow us to continue to excel as a human race. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there. There's lots of pockets. I'm I'm sure they are there. You know, you have these teachers every so often around the world that have a whole generation of geniuses come out. Oh yeah. Um, I think in, um, in Leningrad there was a teacher who had Makarova and Barishnikov and mm. a few other te uh, other brilliant dancers. It's like that one teacher, and I read, what, I think Makarova's autobiography, she spoke about it. That teacher, he touched each and every student's soul, and he made them touch the greatness. And it doesn't mean that you don't have a strict teacher, but you have a teacher that sees the life and the potential in you, not the garbage. And yes. that's, that's really, I mean, even in Pilates, even as teachers, that's what we are supposed to be doing with each other. Even, mm. you know, when you go and meet someone in the street, be a nice person. <laughs> totally. <laughs> we need so much more of that. And yeah, I love what you're saying. It's like, there are like these little pockets and just in case someone hears that and, and they are like, oh, I'll never be that special or that valuable or you, you can be in your own world in your own way. Just being kind to someone in the street could change everything about their life. And if you just impact one person, I mean, what a, what a success that is. Right. You know, <coughs> Oh, and I everybody's special. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I want to get into, because I was lucky enough to attend your, uh, it was a new year kind of goal setting evaluation. And I wonder if we can do almost um, like a spark notes version for folks, because, you know, it's almost the new year. And in this time, we can beat ourselves up a lot. And uh, I just loved your take, specifically the areas of your life to consider what went well and what went bad and or not so well. No, and then say what bad. Never right, said that. Not so well. Not so well. <laughs> I know. As soon as that came out, I was like, wait, wait, wait. Not so well. And and then 
look zooming out and looking at those um, six main drivers and the things that motivate us in life um, so I wonder if we can do like a little mini mini like questions for folks uh, listening um, you know I have little notes written down Nidra that that you had given in, during the workshop um, but if you want to just touch on that or yes um, first of all the whole thing about we tend to the mind I would say not we but everybody's mind tends to focus on what's going wrong and what's not working it's the mind is actually a form of a survival mechanism it's out there linked very much with the reptilian brain to mm -hmm. spot what's wrong it's like alert to danger and the but we are conscious creatures so we we need to be able to understand that pattern but also learn to recognize the successes and the what's going well and to validate ourselves because ultimately nobody will do this for you and the successes exist always yes in our in our life but we very seldom take stock I mean, I sometimes will just journal every night. I'll say, well, what went well today? What am I proud of? What did I do that really served me? And it can be like I kept my house clean and I did the, the you know, it can be silly yeah. things. Or I did it. But learning to validate and see the pluses is very important. So the, the whole first exercise was what went well last year? Um, uh, what were the successes? Um, what could have gone better? And rather than went bad, what could have gone better? And then what didn't change? So there is no such thing as a negative in life unless we interpret it and attach a story to it that this is a negative. Um, right. meaning even if you're fired, you may t turn around and say, this is the best thing that ever happened to me because <laughs> this and this and that. Yes. So maybe you don't enjoy something that's happening, but it's always an opportunity. So first of all, you just get that muscle going. What went well? What could have gone better? There were six categories, health and fitness, um, and, family, yeah. social, and um, hobbies children. was on there, which I thought was awesome. Hobbies, spirituality, business, and money. Um, what was the other? One? I feel like there's another one: spirituality, social, physical, social. And then there's stuff. Your environment, like stuff. what do you own? What, like maybe you bought yourself another car. Maybe you didn't have to buy another car because you got it. You found a good mechanic that could fix things. Or maybe you want to have a new wardrobe. Or maybe you're you're done with buying new clothes because you don't want to waste all this money on clothes. You want, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like um, just have a good look at all of these things. Totally. And th then we went into the the next year. And because our mind self tends to self-sabotage us, we, as the older we get, the more we have lost the art of dreaming and having wishful thinking or make pretend. Children are great at having an imagination. I want to be this when I grow up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And the adult, you can't do that. <laughs> right. So 
bypass that mechanism which we all have especially because we don't know how we'll do something we had a little drill which went wouldn't it be nice if so that's kind of a little make pretend wouldn't it be nice if i had a new relationship wouldn't it be nice if i took a trip to europe wouldn't it be nice if I started a new business, or I wrote a book, or I cleaned my house. Wouldn't it be nice if I got my my house painted? Wouldn't it be nice if I met somebody, some, I uh, started to join some new groups? You know, you just have a more lightweight approach to lots and lots of ideas, and the ideas bring a lot of space to explore things and interact a bit more deeply with aspirations that we have some people are more clear some people are less clear yeah and, and then within that yeah. we also had that drill which you would ask about which is we all have drivers why we make decisions the decisions that we make i broke up with this boyfriend because or i <laughs> sold everything and went to the other side of the world to be with this person um each of us has different drivers, and there are six main human human needs that uh, we each rigged a little bit differently, and there's a plus and a minus to them. So the first one is stability. So let's say if a person loses their job, their stability is out the bottom. Um, on the other hand, you will have someone who, if they that is their top, top priority, stability, they may stay in a job all their life that they don't even like because it's stable and it's safe. So there's no right or wrong way, but that's a very strong driver in decision-making. The opposite of that is variety, stimulation, change. Um, from The person who wants to go on an adventure or you're so bored, you need something new and different. So that can be, that's a very strong driver and a human need. All of these are human needs. The third one is significance, feeling valuable, feeling important, feeling recognized. Um, that can all be, that's all things we want. We want to do a job and be recognized or appreciated. We want to be in a relationship where we're recognized. Um, sometimes people can cover themselves with tattoos to feel that they're special. Um, you can also have, you could say on the negative, someone who's holding you up at gunpoint is wanting to be special because, boy, at that moment, are you just paying attention to them? But mm. nobody else. That's on a negative. Like, you know, so the, you oh, see wow. these drivers. They're always there. That, that drivers a, can be very scary sometimes, huh? Yeah, but anytime someone's really doing something, it's significance. Their their need. Someone who who throws a fit and is screaming like there's a certain significance. And as I said, yeah. there's a plus and a minus. Right. Right. Then love and relationship. Again, a need. We all want love. We all want relationships. Uh, this and again, somebody who let's say has love and relationship is more strong than permanent. This is the girl who leaves her job, leaves her house, sells everything, goes across the country for love, Yeah. but maybe it didn't work out. So she just blew other things out because her top priority driver was love and relationship. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm all for, for that. I'm not saying they just need drivers. Right. And then the 
ones are then the last two are the most you could say spiritual one is growth learning new things stepping out of your comfort zone this is what's going to keep you young this is going it's going to keep you growing this is when you're in a hard spot growth is what's going to take if you get education or coaching or something so that you can grow going into a new job where you're being expected to do all sorts of new things you've never done before lots of growth and then contribution giving back turning around helping other people making a difference in other people's lives so those are the six drivers it's interesting it's to look a very, at that. yeah it's interesting to see how immensely positive they can be and also um, you know, some of the downsides that like an obsession with one of these can have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, really interesting. You know, mm-hmm. I, I want to speak on something I like to always ask is, what is the darkest, lowest place you have ever been? And how did you come out of it? Well, <laughs> darkest place I've been was in my teens as a dancer. I tended to be suicidal and I used to have like these black depressions that I would wake up in the morning with. And I just had to like, it was like walking through a certain amount of despair. And yeah. I was living in England, which was very cold and very dark. Um, so I'm sure... Uh, I was also, I remember drinking like God knows how much coffee just to get myself energy. So I was just yeah. trashing my health and having no skill to navigate my inner world. So that's probably my more, uh, one of the hardest times in my life. And then years and years later, when I had a studio in Hollywood, Uh, in my house, was very successful, and I had, um, I was like with a 40-hour week, I was packed, and Mm -hmm. I was doing very, very well, but hey, excuse me, my cats are having a little fight, they want to be (laughs) hold on one second, then anyway, I had been running a studio for over 10 years, I was very successful, and because I'm such a creative person, I felt like I was trapped because there was no growth going on. Mm. And even though my, I was considered that I was giving contribution, for me it wasn't. It was not matching um, my personality. I need a lot of variety. I needed a new game. So even though I was very successful, I felt I was buried alive in mm. a business. By the time I'd finished an eight-hour teaching day, there was nothing left to do anything new and to mm. think about anything new because I was too tired. You know what it's like when you teach yes. so much, you give so much, it's like you're, you're, you're finished. So that was a very hard time for me. And I eventually, I was really ready to give up being a teacher because I uh, wanted a change. And then I was offered to be West Coast Director for Power Pilates. So I decided to expand into working for corporation, corporate job, in a sense, of running their yeah. teacher training program and being West Coast Director for a few years. So that shifted things for me. Oh, that's awesome. 
And and kind of along the same vein of um, how you get through hard times, what has been your biggest limiting belief, like something that you really had to work through um, and any hurdles you still work through on a daily basis? I um, actually recently finished, did a course with Tony Robbins and there's something very interesting that came up there because we all have lots of inner inner work we all live an inner world and it there was one point where he brought everybody to this place where he was like there is one question that you have been asking yourself all your life Mm. and it is debilitating to you but like and you had to really look and see what is this what am i asking myself what do i this whole personality and the whole life is wrapped around a problem or something you're you're asking yourself all the time so what came up for me was how can i fix myself how do i mm. fix my how do i fix my hip how do i fix my feet how do i fix this so i'm basically looking at myself that something needs to be fixed before Mm. I'm okay. This was like a realization. I had no idea this is what's going to turn up, but it's true. This was the question I would ask myself uh, like um, almost every day. (laughs) Yeah. And we had to design a different question to practice because he said, you know, this is not doesn't change over just in a nanosecond. This is like a new way of beating, like a new muscle. Yeah. And my question, I still have to refine it more, but it's more like, how can I dance beautifully with life today? Because mm-hmm. I do believe, you know, the world is a magical expression of God. And if I can just tap into the music of the day, nobody knows what the day is going to be like. How do I dance a beautiful dance with life today? I love that. And that's my new question. And it's mm. a, it makes me smile and makes me want to experience the unknown of life. And if there's some hardships going on, I'm saying, okay, how can I make this into a beautiful dance? <laughs> oh, I love that. And, and I love how you still have the word dance because i was going to say some of that fixing um the fixation with our with with trying to fix everything and and thinking we're broken um to some extent maybe what you can trace back to dance right and some of the um experience you had there but man isn't it so wonderful to dance and be free and not think about you know our form or the point of the toe and and like if I could go back to a moment where I felt the most joy it's when I was just you know dancing around to music and improvising and just being free so I love that so much and it, and it's definitely something I try to really nail home for everyone I'm like you do not need to be fixed you do not need to be fixed and that's because I'm telling myself that too yeah so you want to find a new way a negative Still means it's a positive just by the way so you do you do not need to be fixed imply is still saying mm. you need to be fixed subconsciously mm, right, right, so right. What, what can you say instead of that you Think are you are not broken oh no that's still one <laughs> that's a negative it's still you are whole you are great just as you are <laughs> that's closer. thank you see we're working we're working through it <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. So these are like these. So what are you really looking wow. to say? I mean, obviously we can yeah. all grow. We all want to learn. I mean, I love mo um, moving to music and feeling, discovering new things in my body. Yeah. So um, you're just, let's say, <laughs> a little child learning to walk. You don't go, oh, you not, didn't do it right. Here, you have to fix this foot. Put this foot here and put that foot there. No, kids, when they learn to walk, everybody goes, oh, they're so cute. You're so wonderful. Oh, aren't you fantastic? <laughs> Gets up and does it again and falls over again. So it's more <laughs> like that with us. We're having an experience yeah. we want more of the experience than we've got right now that's why life progresses and then yeah. we're learning and bringing forth new aspects of ourselves does that mean we're flawed no right we're just unfolding we're unfolding and we're becoming something new yeah, and, and one thing I like to think about, too, is the, these things that we maybe saw as flaws and changing them to a superpower. Ah, I love that. You know, and and I'm so glad you brought to my attention, you know, even my own habits. It's like, like you said, sometimes we really do just need guidance of someone else looking in and like um, to, to see our habits. And I've thought about that when training my dog. You know, you never say, what not to do you show them what to do because that's how the brain works and ours is very similar right it's identical <laughs> that's <laughs> something <laughs> you know i actually think training my dog made me a better teacher too um so I that just could love be a that. great <laughs> it could be a great what podcast training oh, yeah. my dog makes a teacher <laughs> i love it i love it it definitely should be one um, you know, I, I want to get into, I, and we've given uh, so much advice, and, and, and but I wonder if there's anything, any advice you would give to, you know, not just a new instructor, but um, someone who's just feeling a bit stuck, maybe a bit lost for purpose. Um, what, what would you tell them? I would advise, uh, let's say, if it's with teaching or with anything else in life, really. Who do you admire and who uplifts you? So let's say with a teacher, if you're striving to be a teacher, which, which teachers touched you? Mm. Which teachers inspired you? And what was it? How did it make you feel? Because this is the thing. We all learn from each other. Children copy their parents. They copy the environment. We're all copy machines. So you can look at the qualities that somebody else, you admire about somebody else and or tap into what made you want to be a teacher to begin with, if that's where you're feeling a bit stuck. And mm. then tap into that because you've lost your purpose. A person has lost their purpose when they feel stuck and dried up. Yeah. And so they don't have a purpose for doing something. They're just going through the motions. And so they're a shell without a heart. So when you can connect back to the heart and also like, let's say I've had teachers that really inspired me and then I embodied them. I, yeah. I, be, I tried to be like them. I, I wanted to be that kind of person and authentically me, but that's what I wanted to bring to the table. So I practiced it. 
I'm so glad you said that because sometimes if you can't find the confidence in yourself, you can try on someone else's. And, you know, there was one time I was at Bates Dance Festival at a, at a dance intensive. We had just seen Kate Weir, a contemporary company, the night before. And we were doing across the floor improvising. And the instructor pulled me aside and said, can you imagine, because I had said, oh, I had such an incredible experience watching these dancers last night. She goes, I want you to do that again. But as one of the dancers you saw on stage last night. Mm. And oh, my goodness, did it change um, the way I felt, the way it, you know, it, it, was, it was a big shift. So I really am so glad you gave that advice. It's okay to try on someone else's confidence and, and let that just at least be the gateway to you opening up yourself. Exactly, Ruth. What a good example because it's always the stories we tell ourselves is what the meaning we give to something. Mm-hmm. So you gave yourself the story of being like a performer mm-hmm. uh, from the night before, and you embodied that whole personality, and suddenly you had this energy and, and power inside you. I'll give you an example. Um, I, I run yoga retreats, um, and I took my group, and one retreat we went zip lining, And I did not prepare the girls the way I I will do if I do this again, because some of them had severe panic. But mm-hmm. when I was doing, but I realized when I was doing mine, I didn't know that until afterwards when we regrouped and we discussed things. But as I started down this super, super long zip line, I created this whole fantasy that I'm a star in a movie <laughs> and I, somebody in crisis and yes. the music is playing and I am coming to save them. And it gave me so much power and so much adrenaline and so much like, bring it on. I'm coming. I'm going to get there for you. Um, And if you don't have something like that going, you can have other stories running in reflexively. And we all have stories all the time. But let's say if, if, if someone's going to run a race, they've got the story. Maybe they have the story. I want to win. And so they deal with it. They turn up differently. But what an awesome example. This is a life hack. (laughs) Yeah. This is really, really a life hack. You know, I'm doing some work with my, like, self-talk. And I'm um, working on positive self-talk. And I'm I'm talking to my members about this as well. And um, I wonder if you can speak to, you know, if there's something where you're like, I, I think I want to do, I think I want to do it, but there's also another side where you're maybe being practical or thinking, well, I don't have time. Well, I don't have money uh, to do that. And, and how do you like wage and, and decide on big decisions in your life? That's an interesting question. There's no formula I can give about big decisions. Life isn't easy. There's no, there's no guarantees. But where so this would be on a case by case situation of really looking at what the person is striving for and mm-hmm. and, and 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 what's what's going on. It's just like uh, a without having an an idea of the 
elements around it. It's a little hard to say anything, but totally. within yeah. that, the state you occupy before you become, you step into doing anything, whether it's something new that you're not sure if you can do, or let's say if you want to do something, but you don't know if you have resources and money, now your body's, your mind just, uh, just dumping on all the reasons why not because it's safer not to do something than to do it but you're not yeah. tapped into the creative process yet and maybe right. there's another way that something can be done that doesn't need resources and money Ooh, that's just like yeah. a excuse but yes. within that um I'll give you an example before you do anything you need to be in the right state internally the inner yeah. voices and there's three elements it's called a triad there's three things that have to be in the right way your um physicality if you're all timid and cowed down and i'm scared and i'm depressed and all wimpy not much is gonna happen yeah so physiology is important what you are saying to yourself is important and the emotions that you are feeling are important and these are things to practice way before you step into action. And I'll give you a little story about this. I was working with a coach, and one of the things I wanted to deal with was the fact that I tend to be a procrastinator. And before I settle down in front of my computer, it takes me forever. I do this, I do that, I do the other thing before I get to focus. Mm. And I waste a lot. So he said, okay, when, when were you really determined? And I... I created a course for Pilates Anytime called How to Thrive as a Teacher. And I remember during the time, I, it was an eight, it's an eight, eight lessons. It's all talk. It's personal growth. Wow. It has nothing to do with exercise. That must I have been a huge undertaking. It, it was a huge undertaking. And I had a finite amount of time to put the material together. And I wanted to do this even though it was such an uncomfortable goal for me. I, and and I came home, I told my husband, listen, I'm not going to be, you know, I'd come home from teaching, I'd be in the car, you know, eight-hour day teaching, driving, come home, I'd say, listen, I'm going to be working late at night, I'm going to be working in the morning, I'm not going to be a nice person, I'm not going to make dinner, don't <laughs> interrupt me, don't talk to me, because then I'll lose my train of thought. Yes. <clears throat> He, I, I was really determined, and at first he was a bit grumpy about it, and then he started to be proud of me and supported me. It was a lovely journey, but I had to, and and I I put my head to the grindstone in order to create the content, yes. and so I was very determined during that time. I was uh, there was a, almost a dogness. I mean, I remember, I still remember the energy in my body, and the fact that it was like. I'm doing this. I, I, I don't, yeah. I, it's like, I don't care what I think of myself. I don't care if I'm capable or not capable. I'm doing this. So I had my physiology, the energy. I had the things I was saying to myself inside and I had the emotions. So this coach told me, okay, you are going to practice that state. 20 seconds. I want you to practice that state. Four times mm. a day. First thing you wake up in the morning, two more times during the day before you go to bed at night. One week. That was my homework. Well, three days in, I'm sitting down at the computer like no procrastination. Boom. I'm getting stuff done. I'm wow. like, holy shit. I had to change me 
to be able to turn up differently for the stuff. So this mm. applies to everybody. There's no, this is a one for one, each and every one of us. Figure out Absolutely. the physiology first, the triad, practice right. that, and then you go into action afterwards. It's incredibly valuable. And wow, I, I gosh, Nadra, I just relate to you so much. It's wild. I also can't be disturbed when I'm in my flow. It will, it actually will make me grumpy. So I do the same thing and I warn my partner and I say, I'm going to be in my zone. You know, please don't bother me. <laughs> and it was a little bit tense at first too, but he's learned like, oh, this is what she needs to do. Then I'm going to support her. So I love that. And one thing I use too, and, and this is just from my experience, is like, okay, do I feel a little scared to do it? I should probably do it. <laughs> and it's, maybe it's yeah. something that's, maybe it's something that's not, it doesn't end up being anything, but oftentimes it ends up being one of the best things I ever did when I was a little scared. Yeah. Well, growth is not comfortable. And Absolutely. that's the real illusion, the idea that doing anything new is going to be comfortable and easy. And right. our whole world is seducing us into the idea that we should be comfortable and have it easy. Life is not comfortable and it's not easy. Mm, so true. And so that's true. what the growth is. And successful people just get very used to being highly uncomfortable and it stops being a big deal for them. So true. I, I love that. If I can really emphasize that point is just getting comfortable within the uncomfortable, facing yourself, yes. um, you know, allowing yourself to really, sometimes it can be hard as an instructor, I think, to like, actually listen to your own class, or, you know, maybe even as a singer or a podcaster, listen to your work. And it's like, if it scares you, you probably need to do it. Listen to your work, be, be critical of yourself to some extent and, and learn and um, and that's uncomfortable and it's really hard to ask someone's opinion, you know, um, but it's so valuable. Exactly. And power to you, Ruth. I've seen you grow so much in all the ventures that you've stepped mm. into and taken on and look how your life has changed. Do you regret mm. any of it? <laughs> right. Right. And I, and I still <laughs> will never forget when you told me I, I had some fears around my first test out and you were like, Ruth. There's no way you're going to fail. You have way too much enthusiasm. <laughs> and I'll just never forget that because it was like, I, it, in that moment, you gave me the permission to, to accept that, like, I can do this. And perhaps I am. This is what I'm meant to be doing. So I just can't thank you mm. enough for that. I like to wrap mm. these up with um, three questions. And the first okay. one, actually, there's four. Let's see. The first one is, what are you excited about? Um, what am I excited about? Well, I'm excited right now because I'm discovering so many things about my body and my health. So I feel like I'm this unfolding discovery of who I am. Yes. And kind of recreating myself in a way, in a new way. And I'm not quite sure where this is taking me, but the whole, um, the body is a map of your emotions, your past life, your conclusions, your trauma. It's a bit of everything. So looking at all of this, dealing with it is, is very exciting for me. 
Oh, that just gave me such a big smile. That is exciting. What do mm. you wish there was less of? Less of? Yes. Um, well, I feel that everybody's very polarized right now. I'm very opinionated. This is good. This is bad. I don't like this. I do like that. There's not a lot of willingness. There doesn't seem to. I'd like less polarization and more willingness to listen to opposing information and and um, and witness things that maybe you don't agree with without feeling that it's bad and that it must never be done or just more of a humanity like we're all different we have different ways of understanding reality it's okay people can have different ways of doing things and seeing things and uh, less of that high high circuit um attack on another on people attacking each other just because something didn't fit your reality level Yes. Mm-hmm. And you kind of touched on this question. And I love how you turned it around to a positive still. Um, but the, the last question is, what do you wish there was more of? What do I wish there was more of? More awareness of the spiritual side of life. The fact that we're all in this together. We all, nobody's perfect. We all make mistakes. We say the wrong things. More, more, just compassion and um, respect for each other. I, I would like more, more recognition of the greatness in each and every one of us yes. in our own unique way. Oh, I love that so much, Nidra. And the last question mm-hmm. is just. Um, is just how can folks connect with you? And I'll make sure I add your website and any links you want to the show notes. But um, if you just want to share how folks can connect with you and learn more about you. Okay. Well, the best way right now is my website. That's current. It's niedragabrielle.com. And so you can always reach out to me via via my website. A lot of people connect with me that way with questions or bookings or information. And if you get on my mailing list on the web, via the website or you send me a, a request, then you will get my newsletter where I tell talk about retreats or workshops. There's going to be a Pilates mat online teacher training program that's going to be offered through mind to body that i'm co-facilitating with lonnie polino um so that's kind of the central place that i interact with people from i have a little bit of social media but really it's a bit of a a project that's probably my big aspiration next year to actually have a presence on social media because I'm very old-fashioned. I haven't really jumped into that world yet that much, but I do have Instagram and Facebook page. And I'm going to help you do that because you have so much value to share and you're such a light in this world. Thank you so much, Nija, for coming on. I'm, I'm completely honored. You are so welcome, Ruth. This has been so enjoyable. And um, all I can say, I think I told you the goal of every teacher is that their students surpass them. And I feel that you have totally surpassed 
what uh, the foundation that we set up for you and you are now thriving and creating your own world and it brings me great joy to witness thank you Nija. that means so much mm-hmm. all right thank you so much for listening to this podcast i would love to connect with you on social media on instagram or tiktok you can find me at ruth pilates studio all one word If you'd like to try out any of my classes, on-demand programs, and challenges, and join this community of bad bees across the globe, you can sign up today for a seven-day free trial. Just check out the show notes for the details. And lastly, remember to stand so tall and proud. Can't wait to talk to you next.